Welcome to the Charlotte is Creative Podcast. Today's show features hosts Tim Miner and Matt Olin speaking with Andrew Au, Director of Operations at Queens Knight School of Communication, immediately following the August 3rd Creative Morning Charlotte event at Divine Barrel Brewing in Noda, where Andrew spoke about the global theme of community. As the Director of Operations at Queens Knight School of Communication and Digital Charlotte, Andrew works to help bridge the gap in Charlotte's digital divide. As Andrew has said, being digitally connected doesn't mean people becoming more isolated, but in actuality, technology should be a means to bring everyone closer and providing ways for people to come together. In this episode of the Charlotte is Creative podcast, Andrew talks about the importance of working with kids and the digital divide, what it is, what it is not, how to overcome it, and how the community can help. Register for the next Creative Morning Charlotte event Friday morning, September 3rd at 8.30 a.m. at the Fillmore Charlotte. The featured speaker will be Chris Elmore, co-founder of Avid Exchange, speaking about the global theme of chaos. RSVPs will open 9 a.m. Monday, September 3rd. Don't forget to use the hashtag CharlotteIsCreative and tweet us at CM underscore CLT whenever you see Charlotteans showing their creativity. Welcome to the Charlotte is Creative Podcast. Tim, how you doing, buddy? I am hype, bro. Okay, I got I need to work on my lexicon, my, my millennial lexicon. It helps to have teenagers. And yeah. then they're gonna say, Dad, that's so lame that you said that. <laughs> so we were just a, before uh, go, Andy go, it's go time. It's go time. But before he started r- rolling, we decided that our podcast really does need a safety word, doesn't it? It does. So for all the folks that are bellied up to the microphones here, the safety word today, today's safety word is cacao. cacao so if cacao, you, if you cacao. feel like you need to say anything uh, or, or I- intercept anything that's happening, just, just say cacao. Cacao! Is that like pleading some... the fifth? Or, you know, it, you know, it's, it's just like, like, it's like shut down that line of questioning <laughs> yeah. immediately. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, we just wrapped our Creative Mornings Charlotte um, event. Uh, it, uh, it is, yeah, yeah, it's, it's August 3rd, 2018, and Andrew Au just uh, spoke to us on the theme of community. It was really an amazing morning. I mean, it was He so killed great. it. We had, I mean, we, we packed the rafters at Divine Barrel Brewing. I mean, we, we truly, truly hit the meaning of what community is. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I think we I think we renegotiated what personal space is, how it's defined in Charlotte this morning. I'm very happy to say that today was brought to you by RightGuard. Yes, there you go, there you go. And um, so let's you know we're gonna before we dive into our conversation, our post event conversation with Andrew, let's meet the guys from Divine Barrel. Especially, we? I mean these these guys borderline stalked us like really really dove deep very quickly into the Cacao. creative <laughs> good that's why we have it okay good use of the safety word we, there. thank you it was shallower than i intended to say it was not deep it's not it was not a true penetration it was just right um, on the surface Cacao. Cacao. Yeah. anyone it was just the tip i'm sweating a, a little bit Cacao. 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 How many times do I have to say the safety word? <laughs> a few more would help. Okay, go. All right. Go. At any rate, you guys um, have just come on the... Sorry, I'm, I'm having mic problems this morning. Um, you guys have jumped into the Charlotte Brewery scene 
really embrace creativity and what it means to uh, to be an active member of the community. And from the minute we met you, we knew that we had to we had to do an event here. We had to we had to partner with you. Just your your spirit and your and your passion for what you do and how you do it, and the the impact that it has on people around you. It's it's inspiring, and it's what. Charlotte needs more and more and more of. So thank you so much for being our amazing host this morning. So let's just go around and introduce yourself, and then we'll ask you a quick question about our theme of the month. All right. I'm Gavin Toth. I'm the general manager and part owner here at Divine Barrel. Uh, Ben Dolphins, uh, one of the owners and head brewer. Scott Davis, one of the owners and finance guy. All right, guys. So here's my question. Um, You guys are clearly committed to community. So for those who weren't in the room uh, this morning, because you guys got had a few moments to, to sort of share your thoughts on this, just give us your thought on what community means to Divine Barrel and to the folks that are you know, building and running this, uh, this, this company. For me, the, the brewery is more than just a place that makes beer. Place to bring people together, where whether it's you know for a fundraiser, for a great live uh, music show, or to see a local artist's work, they're coming in here. They're meeting new people, just like I, we did today. I met probably 10, 15 new people that had never been here before, and that's that's the idea. Because with um, with that community comes just like Andrew said, opportunity. So you know we we can partner with different charities through the people we meet in this brewery and it, it becomes a, a true meeting space for ideas to flourish. Mm. Ben, your thoughts? I mean, we, we built this place to bring people in and sort of uh, be social together. And I mean, we rely on our community to come in here and drink our beer yeah. uh, and spend their money, um, obviously, but our way of, of sort of reciprocating that is to give back to the community we're in in Noda and the greater Charlotte area. And uh, again, we can't survive without community, so it's important for us to to do what we can to give back. I mean, you've got to return the favor because people come in here and and spend money on beer because they they want a great product, which Ben makes, and they want excellent service, which uh, I hope we continue to provide. And so our way of saying thank you is cleaning up the streets. Just, you know, we spent two, three hours cleaning up the area streets this past weekend, um, raised just around $3,000 from Bahailu Academy uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. So um, it's just really important to to give back. And, and through music and arts is our greatest way because we love music, we love art, and beer is art too. Yeah, we couldn't agree more. No, yeah, no, 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 okay, I was going to say if there's anything you wanted to add. but uh, No, he good. hit it perfect, nail on the head. These guys are really good at Articulating, you know yeah. what we are about. I, I do want to. I do want to note, though, because um, in the work that we've done, uh, we have so many people say, oh, "You know, I'm the I'm the finance person, or I'm the business person. I'm not I'm not the creative one." For for creativity to survive and thrive, it's a true team effort. I mean, there is a, a, a skill and a power to being somebody who can communicate with creative people see what they need to do in order to take their art form or their their product that they that they create and help it live be successful 
so they can perpetuate itself. So, uh, you know, um, I know that, that both Matt and I, that's something that we spend a lot of time on is it's one thing for us to encourage creativity, but how can we create the business conditions in Charlotte for it to succeed? So you're, you're doing, this place would not be the place that it is without you. Thank you. Hell yeah. And we're back. Hello. All right. So feels like it was, no time has passed. It was actually it was it was awesome um, just just sit down for a few minutes with those Divine Barrel guys and, and have another chance to thank them for what they did for us this morning. I, I'm happy to say for anybody that's listening to this, like they are as genuine and warm yeah. and involved as they sounded on the on the podcast. I mean, um, I'm fortunate to know a lot of brewery owners in Charlotte, and these guys truly have a passion for what they do. They do it well, but that's not enough. They they want Charlotte to be a, a really rich, involved place, and they want to have a part of it. So please do drop by. Don't just drink their beer. Get to know them. You will be the richer for it. I promise you. No doubt. And before we dive into our conversation with Andrew, um, I want to thank our sponsors because we, you know, I feel like this is just another opportunity to thank our sponsors for all of their generosity. Well, we're here month. and able to do this because of their their desire and willingness to help us out. So to that end, I, you know, today's podcast and this conversation is brought to you by Ortho Carolina and Providence Day School, the Charlotte Star Room. Uh, I think you guys need to f- uh, frame this in the form of a song. <laughs> <laughs> Really not. On the, to, hear, on the spot. You just recite this mono. It is kind of boring, isn't it? Yeah. Well, we, I'll tell you what. We will, uh, along with this podcast, we will put up a link to our monthly sponsor song. If you haven't been to a Creative Mornings, shame on you. Uh, no, if you, haven't, <laughs> if you haven't been to a Creative Mornings, Matt and I decided that just stating our sponsors' names was boring. Uh, and so we sing a tribute song to them every time, which may or may not be based on the level of singing or songwriting an actual tribute or an honor, but we do it anyway. It may not. Let's be honest. It, 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 it probably isn't. It probably is not. But at the end of the, when we sing, we say thank you to Northeastern University, Ortho Carolina, Charlotte Star Room, Providence Day School, Huga. Um, and then we have Creative Circle. Creative Circle. Oh, Creative Circle has come in and just been absolutely tremendous for us, as well as our uh, the national and international sponsors of uh, Creative Mornings, Adobe, WordPress, and Mailchimp. Without them, none of this frivolity is possible. That's true. That's absolutely true. So, Andrew, welcome to the Charlotte is Creative Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. You were amazing this morning. Thank you. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know that. <laughs> You had a week to prepare this talk. Yeah. Uh, no, wait, it, was, it was eight days. It was, I mean, Oh, sorry, sorry. I mean, eight days. <laughs> right, yes. right. It wasn't Friday to Friday. It was at least Thursday to yeah, Friday. Exactly. Thursday to Friday morning, which to me is a week. But I, barely anyway. a day. I think that would qualify as clutch. <laughs> but you know, we talked about it before you went on, before, uh, as everyone was showing up, the three of us were kind of backstage, if you will, yeah. back in the... In the barrel room of the breweries. Oh, we were in the bowels of the brewery. We were. Oh, it's delicious back there. But at any rate, we were talking about this idea that it's almost better that you didn't have two months to prepare, that you had the week to prepare, because you were able to sort of hand something in that felt, um, I think, truly genuine, um, sort of in real time, a real right. snapshot of where you are in your journey right now. Yeah, so... 
it really, it was more of just like coming from the gut, like mm-hmm. it was straight from the heart. There was no time to think and process. Uh, I just had to just figure out when I think of the word community, what do I think about? What actually comes to my mind? And, you know, really those two stories just came out from the gut. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I didn't have much time to think about it and much time, obviously, after only a week to prepare yeah. 15 to 20 minutes. I didn't really have much time to figure out if this was good or if there was something better. I just kind of had to go with what felt natural to me. Yeah. So it was just easy for me to come up with the stories, come up with what I wanted to hear or sorry, come up with what I wanted to say to yeah. the people and just understand that when I thought of community, this is what I was thinking about. Yeah. Well, the authenticity that I think that came out of that process was really apparent to everyone in the room. And, and so for that, for that reason and so many more, like I, I just, it really landed, your message mm-hmm. really landed in the room and, and, um, yeah, you, you, you killed it. So thank, thank you. you. Thank I you. think one of the things I, I particularly liked and, and we're getting ahead of ourselves, um, but it's one of the stories that you told, you said, this isn't, this moment's not finished yet. Right. And I think that a lot of times with, with, um, talks or when somebody presents, it's supposed to be this, this great story that's all tied up. And, you know, the beautiful thing is that you, you highlighted how one action begets another and another and another. And that we're not, what we're trying to do here is not necessarily bring something to finality all the time. We're trying to kick some snowballs down hills and see what kind of creative and, and, op, you know, opportunistic avalanches can start. And that's just, that's great. I, I think too, it's intimidating for someone to hear a speaker say, this is what I did. And these are all the amazing things that came out. And now I can look back and show how awesome I am. You know? Oh yeah. I've, I've always wanted, I, when I listen to podcasts or listen to conference speakers, sometimes I, I want them, I just want to yell from the audience. Like, I know you finished this, but how did you get there? Like, what was the process? How did you get there? What were the steps to get you there? What yeah. were the mistakes you made? How did you fail? And sometimes I feel like we don't hear that enough. Absolutely. We don't hear the process enough. We only hear the final result, you know? Yeah. This thing was created. This thing was finished. I'm excited to show it to you. But but yeah, but there was a whole bunch of a mess that yeah. happened right before that that we don't know about. And sometimes it's good to hear that. Absolutely. I think it's intimidating to people when you hear, when you feel like, you don't know the steps of someone's journey. You don't know that they that they stumbled or that they backed into something that w- right. turned out to be amazing. It's empowering to hear. Wait, I can do that. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just bang out a couple of data points about our friend Andrew here, and then we're gonna okay. dive into what we call the lightning round. Okay. We're gonna learn even more data points about <laughs> you. All right. So first of all, you did graduate from Ohio Wesleyan University, and then oh, when woo. you was, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> continue on, continue on. That's not the safe word. Oh, that was, oh, it, wasn't, it wasn't cacao. That was not a safe word. But, I, <laughs> safe word. but I, it felt like a safe word, which is why I felt so jarred by it. I was like, oh, no, I've, I've done I something bad. I knew what bad. you were doing there, man. I'm with you. Wow, okay. That's going to be next month's safe word is oh, oh. Okay. Um, when you moved to Charlotte, you worked for the Charlotte Eagles mm-hmm. uh, soccer club, um, soccer coach and mentor for the Charlotte Urban Eagles. You ended up... Uh, doing their social media eventually. And now what, oh, and then Tech Talent South was a place that you worked as well. And now what is your title at uh, Digital Charlotte and at the Knight School of Communications? Yeah, so my title is the same for both because my duties essentially cover both areas. But I'm the Director of Operations for Digital Charlotte and then Queens Knight School of Communication. Got it. So Digital Charlotte is a project based out of 
the Queen's Night School of Communication. So I'm in charge of essentially the whole quote unquote building, yep. um, the whole school, everything, um, the processes, the assets that we have, everything essentially that needs to work well, right. I'm in charge of wow. both for the night school and for Digital Charlotte. Yeah. And for those of you who weren't able to attend this morning, definitely check out the video from this morning's um, event where you'll, you'll be able to see uh, Andrew's entire talk. And uh, it's really a great companion piece to this deeper dive in the podcast here. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So with that, let's collect a few more data points on Andrew, shall we? Yeah. This is the lightning round. So don't awesome. overthink these. Okay. We're going right. to start out we with want, the lightning We want to hype because right now you're probably coming down. The adrenaline is, you know, starting to yeah. subside a bit. We want to get you yeah, my, hyped I'm, back up again. You're about to lose the fact that I have no intelligence right now. So the, <laughs> yes, adrenaline, the adrenaline is making I, me just I, react. I can relate to Matt, that. Matt, that's, that's, that's the our milieu. Matt, yeah. and I, Matt and I don't have an intelligence. Yeah, anytime. So, if you, if, so the sooner you get you get through this lightning round, the sooner that I will actually just go off of instinct. <laughs> just so, exactly. So okay, let's, well, let's do Here it. Here we go, quickly. What's your hometown? Cincinnati, Ohio. What brought you to Charlotte and what were your first impressions? Um, there were no jobs in Ohio in 2008 when I graduated, so I packed my bags and packed my car and just moved down here. I drove down here and moved in. And when you stepped out of the car, can you can you describe uh, that hot. first feeling? Hot. hot. Yeah. In so Ohio, you it was a summer. It's not it was hot. Summer? Um, yes, it was in July. Yep. Oh, uh, that may not be the most picturesque month. No, July 2008, Charlotte summer. Also, there's sun. Um, yep. I don't know if you know this about Ohio, but the sun doesn't come out in the Midwest pretty much ever. Yeah, maybe I heard that. two months. Sun deficient, vitamin D deficient. Up yeah, there. so I was like, oh hey, there's sun, and even when it's cold, there's sun. This is weird to me. <laughs> I don't know what this means. <laughs> that is the weird when I'm you used walk to the out. Color gray. Yeah, not sunshine. It is weird those days oh, when you that's walk what out blue and it's looks sunny. Like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But those days you walk out and it's sunny, but it's also cold, like in the winter here. That's always like a, a weird sort of jarring juxtaposition there to me. I think I would miss that. As someone who's spent his entire life in the in the South with with one <laughs> short exception, I, I, I have to see the sun. I have to see the sun. All right. When you want to treat your wife to a night out in Charlotte, where do you go? Noda. Just Noda in general. Period. Just hop yeah. around. So just walking around. we'll go wherever we need to go, uh, whether she's feeling drinks or ice cream or raining donuts or haberdish or I can yeah. keep going because there's so many things you can do in Noda. Yeah. That got a fish pump from Andy Go. Yeah. Andy Go saying, it's go time. And we are in Noda right now. Okay. Um, You work really close to a Charlotte treasure, the Manor Theater. Have you ever seen a movie there? And if so, what was it? I have not. Um, oh, wow. We got to change we, we're that. Gonna, we're going we're gonna to turn that one around. It's sort of funny yeah. because when you go in there, it feels like you're just, you're in a living room, like watching a large television <laughs> to oh, me. It, it is definitely it's that. definitely an art and, house. And, and, and not even, when you say a large television, like an old tube yeah. television. It's got the well, art house vibe. I, I see, I saw RGB, the Ruth uh, yes. Bader, RBG? Yes. Ruth Bader Ginsburg movie RBG. On, on the- Who's now with RBG? Yeah, yeah, you know me. But uh, I, I need to go still. Yeah, we got to get you there. I, that's where I saw Henry V in high school. Kenneth Branagh. That's where the Kenneth Branagh love affair started. Oh, I thought we saw that at the Carolina Theater. No, that was in high school. <laughs> so we must have seen Frank. I know this sounds like we, we saw Frankenstein. Oh, Mary, Shelley, Frank- Mary oh. Shelley's Frankenstein. Yes. We had a uh, cacao. Cacao, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Okay, so if, if you if you go to Andrew's uh, LinkedIn page, he has an awesome graphic that says it's pronounced "ow," like yes. "ow," like I hurt myself. Yes. So, 
that may or may not have flavored the next Perfect. several questions. We're going to play a little game of Would You Rather. Okay. Would you rather, in the theme of ow, bite your tongue over and over again, ow. or have someone like just keep flicking the back of your ear over and over again all day long? Okay, so fun fact. Um, I play... <laughs> I play uh, competitive ultimate frisbee. Not competitive ear flicking. Not competitive ear flicking. So, um, in one of the tournaments back in 2009, maybe possibly 2010, I went up to catch a frisbee. A person's shoulder jammed into my jaw, and my tongue happened to be cacao, cacao, cacao. All that to say that I've already lived the life of biting my tongue because I have a little tail on my tongue. Oh, because you, serious? you can't get stitches on your tongue because it moves so much. You're like the Gene Simmons of <laughs> Ultimate Frisbee. Oh. So I have a little tail. So every once in a while, it'll act up because it's kind of like an open wound-ish. Ka-cow. Cow. <laughs> wow. That is really... Incredible. Wow. I'll okay. tell you, I, that, that reminds me of a story. I can't believe I wrote that question. <laughs> yeah, that's your fault. But now it's leading to another story. <laughs> I was playing basketball with some friends one day, and I was going up to block my friend, and he came up, and his head went in, into my chin, mm-hmm. and and my mouth was open, so it, it basically shut my mouth shut really, really hard. And all of my front bottom teeth Are went forward. Uh. So you have to imagine... They're currently up, right? They went forward. So I had to call a dentist. Thankfully, one of the guys in the game, was his uncle was a dentist. I called the, his uncle, and he said, actually, they'll probably, over the next few days, go back into place by themselves. No and way. they did. So for about a week, I would eat chicken nuggets on my back molars. Oh. And then um, within a week later, all the teeth were back in their normal place, on their own. No intervention. That's kind of a cool the, body trick, The I body can heal itself. Yeah. Tim is about to faint. Yeah, Tim, do you have any body injury stories? I do. (laughs) Mouth trauma stories? (laughs) Matt and I went to Charlotte Catholic High School, and in two consecutive years, I had two eye injuries. So the first one is my lab partner was was mixing acetone, which which crystallizes at room temperature. Mm, And mm -hmm. I was making fun. I probably called this on myself. I was making fun of his girlfriend at the time being trying to be funny. And he pulled, it looks, acetone looks like water mm-hmm. and he pulled the, the, uh, the stick or whatever glass stick out and, and said, stop it and fl- flicked it at me and hit me in the eye. And it crystallized in my eye, it's eating, called, eating the cornea off my eye. It's, it's called instant karma. Just add acetone. Yeah, that's justice right there. And then the next year, I had yet another incident. Year? Yeah, next year I was the I was the mascot for the basketball team, which because the athletic ability was not going to get me there, mm-hmm. and it was a desperate attempt to spend time around cheerleaders. And um, at any rate, <laughs> I this is this is the God's honest truth. The the, the head can smell terrible, and that you know the cougar mm-hmm. head because it was the Charlotte Catholic Cougars. And um, the guy I shared the costume with, because he did football and I did whatever, he cleaned the inside with with Lysol. And when I put it on my head, the sweat mixed with the Lysol, mixed with whatever massive high school hair care products I had, and it it <laughs> corroded the the cornea off of my eye, <laughs> blinding me. You know what? Cheerleaders love that. Um, no, that's what I've been told. I have a lot of evidence that says 
They don't. All right, let's continue this absolutely <laughs> terrible game of Would You Rather. Andrew Ow, would you rather get a paper cut anytime you picked up paper or stub your toe every time you went through a doorway? Oh, jeez. Um, like, does the doorway have to have a door attached or any, it's like, the door frame? jam. Okay. The frame of the door. Oh, my goodness. That's worse. Tough uh, call. I work with computers a lot, so I'm going to say paper. Good call. Good call. Yeah. All right. Would you rather spill hot coffee on yourself during an important meeting or not be able to remember the name of someone sitting across from you in that meeting who clearly knows your name? I feel like that's already happened to me <laughs> of not remembering Both in the names. same meeting. That's my nightmare. Oh, it happened simultaneously? No, 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 no. Uh, I would prefer not knowing someone's name because I think I could play it off. Good. I think I could play it off. All right, that's a good call. Now, I'm a writer, so I hate typos, right? And right. typos are death. Would you rather misspell your father-in-law's name in your wedding program or the name of your program in an important memo to all staff and faculty at Queens? Oh, uh, the memo to Queens, easily. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Easily. Yeah. That's a very, very yeah, they, they have low expectations answer. of me, so it's not a big deal. <laughs> That's right. That's that'll not just, a big deal. That'll just continue to temper the expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. That's, that's the secret to business success. Yeah. They they really don't have any. Yeah. All right, I'm going to ask the next one. Okay. All right, this is, we're getting out of the terrible would you rather okay. game. Okay. But I saw, on, you have conveniently provided on your LinkedIn page oh, every great. job you've ever had, ever. Yes. Okay. So as a former customer service representative at Blockbuster. Oh, yeah. How painful has the slow demise been for you? I'm still holding out for the one left. Oh, wait. Is there There's one? There's one. It's in Alaska. No, no. The Alaska one closed. There's another oh. one in uh, somewhere else in the Northwest. There was like okay. three total left. The one in Alaska closed, <sighs> which wow. was very sad. The poor one out for my dead it's, homie it's, on that one. They have a Twitter account. It's at the last Blockbuster. That is, really? Yeah. I'm checking that at, out. At sign the last blockbuster. So you should you should have like Andrew's picks there at the last blockbuster. I would think I'm on oh, the shelves, great. right? Okay. By the way, working at Blockbuster is like one of the best summer jobs you can have. Oh, is that right? You get five you get five rentals a week. Wow. Yeah. And you get all the pre-release stuff so that you can be knowledgeable on what's about to come. Well, you out. could. Like if we had a wayback machine, yeah, that could you be could your job. do that. It was a great job. All right. So here's the final question of the lightning round. On a scale of one to a hundred. How painful was this first round of questions? One is not painful at all. Okay. One's like a tickle. A hundred is like... hundred is like, kill me. Yeah, we have to take you to the hospital right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say f- 10. ten. Okay. Oh, okay. Not too bad. If it we didn't close, do our job if right. If it was closer to a hundred, you're probably not going to like the next part. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's go into a few deeper dive questions. We're out of the lightning round now. But now, Andrew, you've spent a lot... Um, sort of a large percentage of your life working with children. Sure. What drew you to this and, and what does it mean to you? I don't know if there was a draw necessarily. It might have just been for the fact that just the opportunity arose to just work with with kids, uh, with youth. Um, I don't know if there's an actual draw that made me want to specifically seek out positions or, right. op- or volunteer opportunities with kids, but instead it was just it would always happen. So when I applied to the Eagles, for instance, I applied to be a social media person for them. I never had in my mind to work with uh, kids or or youth. It just happened that they had the space, they had this need, they asked me if I'd be interested. I I went out a couple times to play some soccer with the kids and that's when I 
figured out that I enjoyed and I loved that the work that I was doing there. Yeah. And that's how I was drawn to it. Um, I don't think there was ever a moment where a, a switch turned on and said, Hey, work with kids. Yeah. I think it's just something that was naturally within me to just work with yeah. uh, youth. I think the, the biggest thing though is I truly do enjoy the fact that by working with kids, by working with youth, we have, the, I have the opportunity to uplift them. I have the opportunity to work with them, to get them to achieve and aspire and be inspired to do things that might not be possibly in their household. They might not be getting told and encouraged in a way to do things that they might, they might want to do, but their parents or their family or even their friends aren't telling them otherwise. Right. So my, my opportunity is to, to help them achieve some goals that they might not have been able to achieve otherwise. Yeah. Beautiful. One thing that I was struck by, and, and this is, this is a portion or a line of questioning. I really encourage a listener to go and watch the video, mm-hmm. but you talk about at, during your time with the Eagles, you really had a, a pretty rare opportunity or at least one that, that not many people do to, to live with the people that you're serving mm-hmm. so that you didn't have one, you know, you, you didn't have a separation, mm-hmm. you know, when you went, were done with your work, quote unquote at night, you were still surrounded by the community that you were serving yeah. and still working. And, and you did an amazing job of drawing a picture of what that was like. Mm-hmm. Now that you're no longer living in that community, right? What, mm-hmm. what was it like to move back to a more traditional community or at least what we what we think of as a modern community where people aren't as connected yeah it was hard um like i i mentioned in my talk i would constantly and i want to say constantly constantly had people knocking on my door and i would say that the transition to that was tough but after i got used to it after i understood why this was important um it became kind of second nature to transition out from that, um, it was tough just because I like I, I I was just used to just seeing people out, whether it was adults or kids or teenagers or whatever, just out about the apartment complex I was living in. To get away from that, it was hard because I think I just got used to the activeness, to the mm-hmm. to the energy, to the busyness of of the apartment complex. To to go into a neighborhood. It was hard. I essentially started to seek out things to do, other forms of community, because I was lacking a constant stream of community that I had back in the apartment complex. Yeah, when you, I mean, I didn't grow up in a neighborhood quite like you described, but mm-hmm. but where I grew up, you really did. Like, I felt like I had fifteen sets of parents. Yeah, you know, it was a different time. It was the it was the eighties. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee, and as I was running around a neighborhood, I mean, constantly outside, you know, pushed out the door almost in the morning and told, "Come back at lunch and dinner." Yeah, um, in a good way, not because my parents didn't want me around, but because that was it. And I got used to other adults knowing me, caring about me. I saw my parents know and care for all of our neighbors. Um, and then moving to Charlotte into a more traditional, you know, or a Charlotte neighborhood, not knowing our neighbors or not knowing their names or what they did. Uh, eventually we got there, but it was just, it was odd. Yeah. It was really it odd, was odd. And I missed that community. So you really, it struck me that portrait that you painted today. And I think that's what, you, when you said that, that um, community creates opportunity, you have to know someone. You, yeah. have to, you have to, you have to know who they are, know what they need 
in order to create those opportunities. And the only way to do that is to rub shoulders with them. And, and there was just an amazing message that you had today. So let's touch a little bit on some of the work you are doing mm-hmm. over there at Digital Charlotte. Um, tell us a little bit about what, what the digital divide really is. What, what is the, just define that for folks. And, you know, approximately how many people in Charlotte live in a broadband desert, if you know that. Okay. So the simplest way of defining the digital divide uh, is households, not necessarily people, but households that are lacking one of three things, either a computer device, internet access, or the training to utilize both of them efficiently. Um, I don't have this specific statistic of broadband deserts because that is right. completely different um, than the digital divide. It's just essentially lack of access to high-speed internet in specific parts of Mecklenburg County. However, we do have the statistic that one of four or one in every four households or 20% of Mecklenburg County live in some sort of digital divide. So they might digital divide being the lack of either the device, the access or the training or the training. Okay. So if you, if one of those exists, you technically fall inside of this divide Yes, and you would represent one of one in four households in Charlotte. And that's not even including the statistic because it was going to get convoluted in my talk that there are still people in Mecklenburg, there's still households in Mecklenburg County that only have up to dial up speeds of internet. Wow. So, Imagining I mean, is that actually dial-up? Yeah, like the speed is true. comparable to dial-up. It's oh, not it's, faster than dial-up. Oh, but it's not. It's not actual. Do people actually have dial-up anymore? I think there's still it's dial-up as opportunity okay. as gotcha. as a as an internet option. But still, like, but too, still, too just slow do, to be to, yeah. to, to be practical. So the slowest. I mean, I I think I did some research. The slowest broadband internet that you can receive from an internet service provider, a national internet service provider, is still at least twenty times faster than dial-up. Yeah. Right. So even if you had the slowest speed, if you paid the, the uh, for the slowest speed of of inter- of high speed of quote unquote high speed internet, right. you're still at least at some sort of competitive advantage compared to households that only have up to um, dial up speeds or just using their cell phones yeah. as internet. See, and I, as I've talked about people, because folks are saying, you know, who's your speaker, and I've tried mm-hmm. to you know talk about it. I think some people, not, not everyone, but have said things like, well, okay, so they can't, you know, get Netflix. And you're like, no, wait, wait a second. If you're a student <laughs> at CMS, your homework is all, is all on the internet now. My kids don't even have, don't even have books. Mm-hmm. How can, you know, how can you stay on top of your studies? I mean, it's just, it's, when you really think about it, it's, Oh yeah. It's so last spring we actually did a program with a couple of CMS schools called the power program where we were working with the parents of those CMS schools to get them equipped and trained, um, not fully on digital basics, but how to use the digital component of being a parent of a CMS student. Cause yeah. there's the, there's a portal, there's a parent portal now where you right. are able to communicate with your teachers, check your, your, your students' grades. Power school. Yeah. Power school. <laughs> so all those, uh, all those type of internet, accessible things that if you don't have the internet or if you don't know how to use the internet, you're not going to be able to access it. So then when a teacher might unseemingly complain that this student's parents are uninvolved in their child's life, it's only because not, it's not because they uh, don't care. It just could be because they really don't have the opportunity or they don't have the knowledge to get there. And, and they, and we've, we've ended some of the more analog forms of how we communicate in CMS. And so you can't, if you're right. And I understand, and 
from a stamp from the other standpoint, I understand why they do that. I understand how efficient, how more efficient it will be to go digital. But as long as there are is some sort of digital divide in Mecklenburg County, there's going to be some families that are left behind. Right. And it's the families that really, at this point, they can't afford to be left behind. Right. Those are the kids that need exactly. as much opportunity as they can. So yep. back, in kind of part and parcel with that last conversation topic, what's the, what do you, have you found to be the biggest challenge in talking to people about your work? I mean, do they truly get the nature and scope of the challenge that you're addressing? I think, they, I think most people that I talk to about this, in a general sense, big picture, kind of understand what we're doing and why it's important. But I also think that there is some oversimplification of solutions. Mm -hmm. I was in a meeting, a big kind of community forum with a group uh, last year, and one person just said, hey, let's just give everyone cell phones, then we fix the problem. There's no more digital divide if everyone has a cell phone. Mm -hmm. Yes, but no, I mean, if your cell phone was the only thing you had and I told you to write a resume yeah, right. to apply to a job right. and you had to do it all on your phone. Write a term paper on your phone. If you had to write a term paper, if you had to do anything all on your phone, you're already at a disadvantage even though right. that you technically have a device and you right. technically might have a data plan but even then you're limited because it's not unlimited obviously. It's, totally. You're paying through some uh, rates that you can only afford. Right. Um, but even today, uh, we had a Q&A in my talk, and one person asked, how do we get technology into people's hands? Mm -hmm. um, I didn't answer that part of the question. I didn't answer it with this, with this answer, but I really, thinking back on it, mm -hmm. realized that I should have said that technology, in the end, isn't always the answer. Mm. Getting people hardware, getting people internet access, that's what we need to get done. Mm -hmm. but getting awareness, getting them to understand why it's important, getting other people who have the connections and the resources to support those people who don't, who are underserved and undeveloped, those resources, um, getting them to understand that issue, that problem, and why it's beneficial for them to have those resources, a device, internet access, training. Um, we are pretty much in that mode most of the time. Right. We want to get people to be aware of what is happening and why it's important that we need this. That's I imagine the, too that also the, the reasons. Why why are those resources not mm -hmm. available? Is it business practices? Is it not it's not just a function of not having the money, is it a fun function as well of the companies that provide those services not not extending those resources? Out sure. There? Right. And there's I mean there's a lot of different things that we are discovering because we work with a technology partner to provide some some um, laptops to some students when they go through our basic trainings as incentives. You know, if you go through uh, five of the six weeks of training, you'll earn a laptop uh, device at the end of it, and that's kind of our one of the incentives to keep them in class. However, we recently just kind of were thinking through that all those laptops are loaded with Microsoft Word. However, not everyone has the ability to purchase Microsoft Word. So while those laptops have it, if they wanted to buy a second laptop for the family um, at right. a cheaper, uh, you know, like they, they built themselves up to uh, um, an economic level, a household income where they can buy a second laptop. So maybe one is for the parents and one is for the students. They might not have the money to additionally afford that Microsoft Word program. So with that, we, we just need to discuss, we need to start to think through more of, 
how we give opportunity to the people that we are working with. So to that point, I think one of the things I want to know is, you know, what are some of the ways that people across Charlotte can get involved and drive digital inclusion? You know, is there something that the creative community can be doing or something that just the community in large can be doing to help to help in this regard? Yeah, so we are always looking for volunteers. Yeah. Um, that's the simplest way that you can get involved is we are always looking for people who are interested in becoming uh, trainers assistants mm-hmm. um, in these classes that we are owning. Like what does a trainer assistant do? So the trainer assistant isn't the trainer, and right. it's very important that I say that, that yeah. when we're looking for volunteers, we're not asking people to stand in front of the classroom and teach a whole lesson of six weeks or, or even just one week right. to the people that um, are in those classes. But instead, you are there as almost a little bit of emotional support for the students in the classroom. If they are getting flustered because they don't understand it, they can't find a specific you know, letter on the keyboard or anything, you're there to help them and guide them along to find it. You're not the one teaching the class. You're helping them you're helping the the facilitator under um, essentially continue on the class. Got it. So while if it was just a facilitator by themselves in a classroom, there might be an opportunity where they are teaching and someone is stuck. Well, they have to stop the whole class and help that one per one help that one oh, student. Oh yeah, 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 right. But right. having a TA in the back mm-hmm. allows that TA to kind of smoothly slide in and say, "Hey, let me help you," so that the facilitator can keep going with the rest. So you of the feel class. like pretty literate with these devices and with internet. Yeah. Access so exactly. when we say digital basics, we mean literally digital digital basics. Our week one is showing them what the power button is oh, and yeah. what the symbol for the power right. button is because. Because there's still a population that doesn't know that. Yep, yep. So they don't know how to turn on a computer. So we're literally teaching from turning on a computer to writing, you know, something very small in Microsoft Word or some sort of word processing Got program. Yeah. So if you have any comfortability with using your own laptop or even just using a mobile device, yeah. you will for the most part have the aptitude to, to assist. To assist. Yeah. And then at Digital Charlotte, we do provide TA training to get you comfortable with the fact of what is being taught so you don't feel bombarded when we go when the facilitator goes or go over goes over something that you might not know I think that's, or yeah i think that's so cool like that's that's such a um almost like an unexpected way to get involved and i don't think if most people knew that that was mm-hmm. just a really easy way to actually help move the meter here so how could someone like put their name in to become you know, it's sort of a TA type, right. you know, assistant role in this um, in this larger initiative. Yeah. So the easiest way is to go to our website, okay, digitalcharlotte.org. Okay. And there, um, you can either do slash volunteer to go directly to the site, or you can go down to the menu and click the volunteer section. Nice. Um, in addition to that, we have a bunch of at in our website a bunch of stories that we tell of the organizations that are doing the work alongside of us as well as a bunch of different resources if you needed to help someone else one-on-one, say a grandparent, an older relative, someone that might not know computers, we have a full field guide of tutorial videos actually to okay. teach you or teach them or help you teach them how to get online. Nice. All right, so we always ask one final question of all of our podcast cool. guests. Um, what advice do you have for the city of Charlotte? The community of Charlotte. 
so basing this off of my talk yeah. and basing it off of the fact that this concept that I'm thinking of right now is the one that I've been thinking about for the last eight days. Um, Luxurious eight days. That took such a long time. <laughs> That's a plethora. That's an embarrassment <laughs> of time when it comes to putting together this speech. Um, just my advice to the community of Charlotte is to really take a step back and evaluate the opportunities that you have in front of you. Because speaking from my own personal life, when I was set with this idea of community as a talk, I started thinking through of how I even gained my own community here in Charlotte. Like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, I moved here in 08. I packed my bags, got in my car and drove down here. I didn't know a single person. Yeah. So to get to this point now where somehow you to decided that I know something about community. You're in, baby. Yeah, means that something must have happened along the way that allowed me to build a community. Yeah, you got involved. You know, I got involved. I got out there. I took opportunities that were in front of me, but I also, at the same time, gave opportunities that I could feel that other yes. people in the community needed. Yes, totally. Because it's not a one-way street where I... you. I, I'm going to talk from about myself. I need to take everything. There's also times where I need to put other people on because I can see that that opportunity is meant for them and not for me, even yeah. if it was asked of me. Yeah. Well, I, I can't think of a better way to build community than to I- exchange in this sort of like the giving and receiving of, of support, assistance, inspiration, love. That's how we build community. Yeah, and totally. you're doing that through your craft. I, I would say what I was struck by too is just, again please watch the video. The, the story about being immersed in community, mm-hmm. it's its being open, as you said, not only to opportunity, but open to friendship, open to different ways of thinking. It's It just gets too easy to silo yourself off oh, or, so or, or be on the same, you know, travel the same road every day to and from work, literally or figuratively. Mm-hmm. And you got to know the people around you. Totally. And that's that created... That creates opportunity, as you said. That mm-hmm. creates the opportunity to get. It op- creates the opportunity to give. It mm-hmm. creates the opportunity to build together. And I think that's how we're gonna. That's how we're gonna put Charlotte on a map. Is a willingness and a desire to reach out to those around us. As Matt said in his opening remarks, we are wired to reach out to one another. Yeah. We fight that urge somehow. Social norms say stay in your lane. Don't reach out. Don't bother that person. Don't you know and reach out and receive when someone reaches out to you mm-hmm. answer when this and to, to end, I would say as you did, when someone knocks on your door, answer it. If they're handing you something, you don't know why figure out why, you know, don't, don't turn it down. And well, I, I just think today was an amazing morning and, and I'm looking forward to seeing what, what grows from this. Yeah. You've so, modeled that. Completely. You're modeling completely. that for the community. Right. So thanks for everything you're doing for the Charlotte community. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's amazing. And thanks for being on the podcast and on the Charlotte, uh, the creative morning Charlotte stage this morning. And, uh, we're, we're super grateful and, and it's an amazing thing to call you Thank a friend you. And, a, and a fellow, yeah, uh, totally. citizen. So. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yep. All right. I there only you have go. one more thing to say. What is it? Cacao. 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 I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> well, <laughs> Cacao it is. Thanks for listening, and we will see y'all next month. We're going to leave you with the soothing tones of Andy Go. It's go time. Cacao.
Thanks again to Andrew Au for speaking with us, and thank you, the listener, for tuning in to the Charlotte is Creative podcast. Let us know what you think by tweeting us at CM underscore CLT and using the hashtag Charlotte is Creative. Register for the next Creative Morning Charlotte event Friday morning, September 3rd at 8.30 a.m. at the Fillmore Charlotte. The featured speaker will be Chris Elmore, co-founder of Avid Exchange, speaking about the global theme of chaos. RSVPs will open at 9 a.m. Monday, September 3rd. For more from Charlotte is Creative, check out charlotteiscreative.com. The Charlotte is Creative podcast is hosted by Tim Miner and Matt Olin and produced by Andy Goh.